Welcome to the Unhooked Podcast, hosted by author, writer, and recovery advocate, Annie Highwater. This is a podcast of real conversations and true stories from those who have been affected by and overcome adversity. Each episode will tell real, raw, sometimes unbelievable stories, opening up the lives of a variety of guests, as well as your host. You will hear stories of despair, recovery, and triumph from people who have risen from or are making their way through wilderness experiences. The goal of the Unhooked Podcast is to take a deep, productive look into topics related to addiction, alcoholism, grief, mental and emotional health, family dysfunction, codependency, conflict, and other types of affliction. The good, the bad, the dramatic, the real-life stuff that all of us face. You will hear wisdom and hope from people who are fighters, who fought to persevere through bewildering circumstances and difficult obstacles. You can contact Annie by emailing annieunhooked at gmail.com. And now, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Unhooked Podcast. I wanted to hit on a couple of highlight episodes. So in this one, I'm going to cover a subject that comes up often, and I get lots of calls and emails about this particular topic especially. What do I do when I'm overwhelmed with fear? When fear hits, you have maybe a son or daughter or whoever your loved one is that you're concerned about that might be caught up in dangerous or behavior involving addiction, things like that. When that fear hits, it is all consuming and it takes over. Those emotions and thoughts are so ferocious that we can almost not come out of them on our own. It can cause pain and sadness and guilt to just start hemorrhaging from us all over the place. When circumstances activate that fear, I've always called it primal fear. It's beyond just being fearful or worried. It is terror that will have you climbing the walls, walking the floor, and For me, it just can make me absolutely crazy, wild-eyed and crazy. And I personally have what I call a weight problem, a W-A-I-T problem. When there's a concern or a worry, I immediately want to show up and provide rescue, solution, salvation, or call upon other people who might, or resources, fix it now, stop the problem, stop the bleeding, make things safe and healthy and well and calm. And usually in my obsessiveness and frantic scurry to do that, I make things worse. Another thing that happens when I'm in those places of fear is that often advice just doesn't hit the spot. When you've got a son or a daughter especially that's off in possibly active addiction or something similar, it has a similar feeling to what I would imagine your thought processes are if you have a child that's been kidnapped or they're missing and you can't locate them yet and every possible worst case scenario is thriving in your mind. It's just surging and throbbing within you. Advice just doesn't hit the spot in those times unless you have somebody that you can call or turn to that can be calm and not throw gasoline on the fire and make it worse, can speak calmly to you and get in that pit with you and say, let's ride this out and see what happens. So what do I personally do when I've had those times of overwhelming fear and pain and sadness and all of that is surging in the midst of it along with those thoughts? The first thing I do is it's kind of been my go-to for a while now um, since I my son was little is I will read Psalm 91 over him. I will read it out loud. I would read it in his bedroom over his clothes. And it might sound kind of crazy, but I would be desperate sometimes with worry and fear no matter what the situation was. That 
psalm is a psalm of safety. They call it the 911 psalm, and it would immediately give me comfort and a place to offset all of these big feelings and worries so I wasn't just walking the floor with them and carrying the burden myself. I could turn it over to a higher power. And for me personally, everyone's different and you have to find your own source, but my higher power is the God of the Bible, a Christian God. So that would be my first place to turn. Turn to him in prayer, but turn to that Psalm 91 and declare that safety. Even if I was hesitant and doubtful or worried beyond understanding that it was working, Things are working in the unseen, and I would speak that into existence, that there was protection surrounding him no matter where he was. There was no pit so deep, no place so dark, nothing so terrifying or fearful, nothing so tragic, that as long as he is here and present and living, that source of love and light and salvation cannot reach. Psalm 91 over him, and I would read it over and over and over and just declare this is in effect, this is true, this is happening for, I cover my son with this. I would also have specific prayers. I am very, very grateful that I have a couple of friends that we have this process where if something's going on with one of us, big or small, but an area nonetheless of concern, we will just text prayer right to each other, right back and forth. Right now, we call upon all of heaven to descend upon this situation, whether it's a marriage or a financial situation or this friend or family member's son or daughter. When those concerns hit, we don't just say, I'll pray for you. We text or email a specific prayer. So I have really loved and adopted that in my daily life, and I come up with that on my own and and pray specific prayers for everyone I know, but especially if a need arises for my son or somebody else's son or daughter, and I will make sure those words are given that include positive outcomes and hope and safety and protection, awakening and awareness, whatever it is that keeps darkness at the door pursuing our sons or daughters or any area of our life. Specific prayers are really helpful. Sometimes I'll write them out and read them and then put them in my little God can. I have one of those God cans that I'll put a prayer into, one that I've been struggling with or wrestling with or something I'm maybe trying to come up with solutions for and I'm just stuck. I stick it in the God can and remember God can, and so I'm leaving it in his hands. So those specific prayers are really comforting as well. I also implement DBT stop skills. DBT is a form of therapy that's similar to CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. DBT is a little step further into some mindfulness techniques and and taking breaks. It was created by Marsha Linehan. She has a wonderful article in the New York Times out about it. It's for those distress emotions. Those times when fear and pain and sorrow and worry are just so vicious that we need to figure out a way to take a break. I will do things like take a quick power nap, you know, just those little five-minute recesses. Take a walk with my dog or by myself, and I will sometimes recite the ABCs and go from A to Z and name every worry. Or go from A to Z and name everything that is solid and good in my life that I'm grateful for. Or from A to Z, and I will name what I can think of who God is in my life. Or A to Z, what I'm frustrated about and what I want to happen. Um, Even if it's negative, it gets that poison out of me or those worries and fears and feelings out into the oxygen. And when they hit the oxygen, that is how those feelings begin to dissipate. So that's one of my DBT stop, stop skill processes, those small recesses to turn away for a while. 
guard my heart, definitely guard my heart in the midst of that and guard my ears. You have to be careful who you'll vent your issues to. Sometimes, you know, you can't help it. You might have a cashier say, how are you? Are you okay? And that dreaded question releases an avalanche within you of, oh my goodness, no, this and that's going on. But really it's, it's wiser to be very careful with ourselves and turn that information over and protect it to people that we can trust that maybe have some experience with what we've been through maybe have a concern and a, and a compassion beyond what our usual friends or go-tos would have. Even the most well-meaning of people can sometimes give casual advice that is pain-causing without even meaning to. But if you don't understand a situation somebody's been through, you don't really know how to speak to it, especially when hope and peace needs to be spoken to it. And sometimes nobody is able to hit the spot in any way, no matter what. Nothing's going to work except turning it over to your source of higher power for me, it's God, and saying, do you see us? Will you help us? I have to turn this over to you and believe that you are God of the outcome and you are aware and in motion and in control. And if this has been allowed to occur, you are working it out together for good. You are working every detail and dynamic of it out for me. You're in control, not me. And that always eventually gives me relief. When I pray for the person who's maybe out in some kind of risk or darkness or that there's a time of silence and who knows where they are. There's just worry. I pray for awakening, awareness, and breakthrough healing. I pray for an immersion of light and truth and peace and love to begin to invade their mind, to invade their atmosphere, to even invade everyone they're connected with. I pray people into their path who will speak words. And you know, all it takes is I kind of shudder and cringe at trendy words, but an aha moment is sometimes very small and fast, but life-changing. It doesn't have to be some big, huge event always that turns things around and sets them in motion to make progress. Sometimes it's just a word spoken that turns a light on in somebody's mind. So I pray for those things to happen. And I pray that this person is given eyes to see and ears to hear. You know, our eyes have to adjust to the light when they've been in the dark, and sometimes that's a gradual process. So I pray for the whole process, and then I turn it over. I don't make it some kind of work and burden that I have to carry every day, but I have to get that out of me and turn it over. Especially, oftentimes that's my process if a parent calls me and they're caught in this primal fear for a son or daughter. That's the type of prayer that I offer to them. Another thing is that what I've always called my helicopter rope is the recovery promise somebody told me years ago. I believe I heard it in the rooms that if one person in the family situation does work to improve, the family situation is bound to get better. That interruption of one person stepping back from the chaos, putting down their weapons, modifying their typical reactions and responses, taking a breath and trying something different every time, every day, it's like turning a ship around. Things do begin to get better. So that said, I just wanted to send out a message to everyone, anyone that might be dealing with this. It's been a stressful year. It's been a year of relapse. It's been a year of record-setting suicide, overdose, stress, despair, and problems managing all of it. A lot of people have had sons or daughters, husbands, wives, family members, friends, relapse and return and struggle, and it's been hard for everyone. When you have those moments of stress, distress emotions, intense fear and terror, there's things that we can do to not only affect the situation and begin speaking light and healing and peace to it, but that we can pull it into ourselves. And that would be that Psalm 91 prayer. You know, that may not be your thing, but I would just suggest to anybody, give it a shot. 
specific prayer or reaching out for somebody else to pray or even just taking a walk and speaking positive comments into the atmosphere, into the situation. That has an effect. There's a spiritual realm and it has an effect. Be careful who you turn things over to, but don't bear it alone. Maybe find a room that you can share in or a friend or shoot an email or reach out to somebody that you know has been through it and had some level of peace come back into their lives, some level of recovery, or somebody who's a professional. And if you can't think of anyone, you are more than welcome to email me. My email address is annieunhooked at gmail.com. I answer every single one. I custom answer. Um, I don't get back immediately, but I will respond and get back to every person that emails me. And consider working on yourself in the midst of that, the helicopter rope of recovery. The more you work on peace in your own life, the more that spills over into the lives of those around you. And it can't do any harm if you're working toward peace, if you're adjusting and modifying your responses and behaviors and your own patterns and cycles. Working on yourself is always going to have a positive effect on those around you. Maybe not at first. You know, I've had a friend that always tells me, before order comes into place in our lives, disorder will rear its head. And sometimes things get a little bit worse for a while when that avalanche hits. But then they begin to fall into place and to come back into order and peace settles over us. Please feel free to reach out. It's not over yet and you're not in it alone. Until next time, I wish you well. You have been listening to the Unhooked Podcast. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode by the guests belong solely to the guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the host or any affiliated organization or institution. Annie's books, Unhooked and Unbroken, can be found in Amazon, Cokesbury, BarnesandNoble.com, and wherever books are sold. You can find her work by searching Annie Highwater on Facebook. If you have enjoyed the Unhooked podcast, please share, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. We hope you'll keep coming back to listen to the Unhooked podcast. Thank you.